everybody, sorry, welcome. I'm, to... I'm sorry. <laughs> Starters, we mean to go on. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Saint Misbehaving, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I am your host, Matthew Shadorn, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host and unindicted co-conspirator, Anna Domini. Anna, how are you doing today? I am okay. I'm a bit shocked to learn I'm uninvited because... <laughs> unindicted. Oh, oh, it's a Trump reference. I see. Uh, when I, I was like, oh, that's going to be a funny thing to say next time we record. But I've never actually said unindicted co-conspirator before. And it's actually quite difficult to say. It's a bit tough. Do you want to yeah. do you want to do over? Nah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to live with what I've done. Okay. You know, I can take responsibility <laughs> for my actions, unlike some people. Unlike some people that we know Anna. of. What? Anna, how <laughs> are unfair. you doing today? I'm okay. I would like to say that I'm nice and refreshed after our hiatus, but I'm I'm still the same. So, right. Uh, unfortunately, no no change on that front. But I'm excited to get back in the habit with my best bud. Had you changed anything about your life that would, or did you just expect? Well, I I wasn't I wasn't doing a boring podcast every other week and having (laughs) to talk to my boring granddad friend. You know what? It turns out this was the only good thing in your life, and you're like, oh my god. I've just gone steadily downhill in the month since we recorded. Well, I I do think it's like it is a an outlet for me to to voice things and and just be goofy because I had a job interview the other week and I kind of forgot that I was meant to be being professional and I just really enjoyed the conversation and then I didn't get the job unsurprisingly but it was like oh because wow. it wasn't a podcast recording it was a <laughs> a job interview where you're not meant to make people laugh you're meant to make them think that you're a competent person. Yeah. So, yeah. so I guess what I'm saying is you've ruined my life. So thanks. <laughs> Whatever. It's, I think that <laughs> if anything, I'm a needed outlet for otherwise rampant unprofessionalism. Yeah, that's that's probably true. Which you tolerate. I'm kind enough a lot to tolerate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, here <laughs> in this venue, where you know no one else in the world would put up with this, frankly, shenanigans. <laughs> that's the only word for it. Yeah, that's fair. So you're welcome once again. And you think you don't get anything out of this podcast? But Anna, enough about what yes. you're getting out of the podcast. What have you been putting into the world since we went on break? Have you done anything saintly or had anything miraculous happen to you since um, we last spoke? I've started to learn to knit, and I would like Ooh. to say that that is quite miraculous because you literally get a ball of yarn and you turn it into a piece of fabric, and it seems mm. quite magical to me. So yeah. I would say that I've been witnessing the miracle of my own creativity are you going to be doing saintly things with those like making sweaters for shelter pets or socks for homeless people or something i mean we're a way off yet i can do scarves (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i could i could make i could hone and perfect my scarves scarves. yeah people people who want itchy necks because i i'm using very cheap yarn at the moment just because i'm a beginner and so like as i'm knitting it and feeling it with my hands i'm like no i'm not sure this would make a very comfy (laughs) garment because it's horse maybe i could make hair shirts and then sell them to raise money for the podcast and then that would be my saintly thing that would be handy yeah you know what or yeah. you could knit a couple nooses for various billionaires. Who knows? Anything like that would be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> knit a guillotine. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, that's good. I'm glad you, you're adding to your skill set. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trying to make you. myself more employable somehow. Yeah, I mean, you know. Okay. So if anyone needs a very slow knittist, is hit it, me is up. Is that the term? Knittist? Uh, it is now. I guess it's probably more like knitter, but 
yeah. Yeah. So if if you have if you have any ideas how how I can transfer those skills to the world of work. Anyways. What about you? Lord it over me, me. What have you done? <laughs> I spent thirty days in the desert and wow. came out the other side enlightened. The desert in this case was various venues around Oxford and the <laughs> um, enlightenment was that, I don't know, I probably should stop running this comedy festival. No, I, uh, I, this I ran the This is a bit Oxford... like that meme where Katie Hopkins is like, this is what it means to be right wing. And she's like painted a target on her forehead. <laughs> and someone pointed out like, this is the perfect metaphor for being right wing because that target is fake and you put it there yourself. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like to suggest that doing the comedy festival is saintly kind of neglects the fact that you entirely brought this on yourself i'm not saying that it's saintly i'm saying it's miraculous that it gets done at all right okay considering like i don't know that i'm the one i'm 100 percent responsible for it and somehow it still gets done you know when there's like <laughs> yeah an incredible amount of laundry in my house that is still yet to be done various <laughs> stages of being done like it's just sitting on a couch unfolded or just dirty in the hamper or there's just stuff sitting in the washing machine for several days that just could just be put in the dryer but yeah but somehow but this week you've been like vindicated in that because loads of people who had their previews at the comedy festival have now been nominated for the big awards yes so I take full responsible for that. Yeah, <laughs> your sacrifice is worth it for the the good of the I know. Arts. I need to start counting that, and then I can be like, last year's acts were nominated for a cumulative five hundred awards or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we did the the. It's done. Uh, it all went off with minimal hitches. Very few acts dropped out, and when they did, we were able to replace them all and not have to cancel any shows. So there were no angry mobs with pitchforks no, coming. No, despite the fact you. that there was a couple nights where we had a venue where the bar staff all got covid and so we had no bar staff uh so all we could give people was free beer no all we could give people were <laughs> cups of water and we were like it's the oh no <laughs> the one festival in town where you get unlimited cups of water <laughs> there oxford was some... hydration yeah, festival there was but there was some i mean there was some small acts of kindness people were very nice to the acts the acts were very nice to people the audience members uh made friends and uh there was a couple times where i didn't make the minimum spend on the bar in one of my venues so rather than just give them the money to make up the difference i bought a bunch of stuff at the bar including like an entire box of different candy bars and then (laughs) the following show i Ah. just threw candy bars at audience members (laughs) amazing in in a gentle way or in an aggressive hostile fashion it was a (laughs) very hostile giving environment it's like in the simpsons when mr burns throws out all those pennies and one of them like lands Mm. in like embedded in lenny's head exactly yeah that that was your act of philanthropy i was i threw a bunch of candy bars at people which they enjoyed it was a fun time i don't know it sounds like you shouldn't have rewarded them for not buying enough at the bar that sounds it wasn't that sounds like a like it's their fault it's not their responsibility <laughs> to drink irresponsibly just to keep prop up my comedy festival <laughs> i guess so the problem with that bar is um, i forgot how cheap everything is so unless the room was totally oh, full, I see. so you would have to be yeah. <laughs> really irresponsible to... <laughs> yeah i mean i was just like unless like we it, i wanted to do it a, like two or three times we were at that venue was that Trinity? Yeah, that was at Trinity College. And it was a college bar. College bars are notoriously cheap. And we did a dozen shows there. only had to do it two or three times because we had pretty good audiences most shows. But a few shows were just a little. So we had to, had to buy some candy bars and throw them at people. Had to. <laughs> no other option. Fair enough. Well, that sounds, sounds very good. I mean, it's nice as well, like, to be able to offer something additional. Makes you seem very generous. More generous than you probably are. 
Yeah. So. Whatever. Some people would have kept all those candy bars for themselves. My wife was upset when I told her what I did. She's like, <laughs> well, did you bring any home? And I was like, no, I had like a hundred candy bars. Why well, was I going to bring some home? <laughs> I'm going to get rid of them. Also, yeah, like giving free food to middle class people who could, who have the, the spare funds to see a comedy show rather than the many homeless, hungry people in the city. You're an asshole is what I'm saying. <laughs> what? You know what? It wasn't good food. It was bad food. <laughs> So you're poisoning the rich middle classes, so it's okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So yeah, so I did that, and uh, now it's over with, and now we're on to new projects, I guess. New ventures. Maybe. But we're also back to this old venture. So, <laughs> Anna, today is yes. August 27th, 2023. It is. Who is today's saint? So today we're looking forward to tomorrow, which is the 28th of August, because that is the saint day of St. Augustine. Ah, of St. Augustine, Florida fame. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, of August's, uh, Augustinian the biblical, like theory and his confessions and all kinds yes. of famous stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've, you've and a of... city in Florida. Actually, I think it claims to be the oldest city in America, which I think erases a lot of Native American uh, cities, yeah. especially in like the West. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's our that's our official attitude to colonialism now that's whatever our, that's our official attitude to florida because it's like we can't stop it so like whatever i don't know whatever <laughs> do what you want you know you're wrong don't your parents but... live there yeah it's awful <laughs> whatever yeah also i've just noticed this will give you a clue as to the state of my brain but i've just noticed that augustine includes the word august so that's i don't know if that's pertinent or you just think that's where the saint gets his name from no, the, it was Caesar. You think it was the month Caesar Augustus, from? but is it the um, month? Oh, wait. No, yeah, no, that was because it was July and August were Julius and Augustus. Yeah, yeah. Caesar, and then and then they were the two extra months that were added because September sounds like seven, but yeah, it's but it's actually the ninth, the ninth month. month. That's yeah. that feels like a real Roman emperor move. Just like well, we could put just, you at the end of the year. No, 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 no. Uh, put me right in the summer. We want it yeah. nice and hot, you know? Yeah. But then September, November, December, that makes no sense. No. <laughs> like, yeah. we don't care. Uh, they which, were... which one of us has the laurels on his head? Uh, <laughs> me? So. <laughs> they were here for a good time, not a logical time. Yeah. All right. So what's St. Augustine's deal? Other than being named after a month. Yeah. So he was around in the fourth and early 5th century. Mm -hmm. And much of what we know about his life comes from his autobiography that you already mentioned, Confessions, in which he recounts his childhood and his conversion to Christianity. Ah. The later biography was written by his friend Persidius in the 5th century. Mm -hmm. Which is like, that old biography is bullshit. Let me tell you the real deal. Right? <laughs> yeah, the unauthorized one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like, it was written by his friend who wanted mm -hmm. to clear up the, the record. Yeah, this is based on an amalgamation of both of those, I guess. Okay. So Augustine was born in Thagaste, which is modern day Souk Aras in Algeria. Oof. Was Faris Day? Fagaste. Is there a G in Fagaste, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it the sound? I, I feel I like my know. pronunciation was as clear as it could have been. That's fair. It was just, it was hitting my ears weird. It was a new, it's a whole new thing. And I was like, what's going on with Well, this? it's in Africa, so I think that's racist of you. Well, as they say in New Jersey, forget about it. All right. No. Oh my goodness. So, okay. So he was born in Algeria. Yeah. To a Christian mother, Monica, and a pagan father, Patricius, who converted to Christianity on his deathbed. Ah, that's my plan too. <laughs> his family were probably Berbers, 
an indigenous people of North Africa, mm. but they're thought to have had full Roman citizenship and they were part of the Honestiores, which was like a Roman upper class of citizens, which translates to honourable men. Um, uh. So they were like the, the 1%. Right. So it's one of those tales, you know, mm. the riches to riches kind of trajectory. Right, right. Turns out a great way to get famous is to start rich. Yeah. It's kind of funny how it works that way. <laughs> yeah. Is honorable men the way the same way that people use the term gentleman, which the idea of a gentleman yes. was not necessarily a man who was gentle. It was a man you had to be gentle to. Yes. So like, These are honorable so, men. They're not, uh, they don't do honorable things. They just, you have to honor them. Yeah. And basically, honest diores were exempt from punishment from certain crimes so yeah so um uh, so the more things change the more they stay the same guys indeed that's depressing uh well it's all you know at, le- at least they were explicit about it rather mm. than it being underhand i guess yeah <laughs> so yeah the the accident of your situation of birth was fully your fault when he was 11 augustine went to school south of thagaste in a city called Madaurus which is present day, I'm not even going to try and pronounce how that's spelled in the present day. (laughs) Mm. He studied Latin literature and learned about pagan religion. In his autobiography, Confessions, he writes that he first became aware of sin during this period. Say, what's everybody doing over here, huh? (laughs) (laughs) He, He and his friends would steal fruit that they didn't want to eat which led him to conclude that humans were naturally sinful and did evil for its own they, sake. Oh, it was like, I don't even like bananas, but... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta steal. I mean, that just sounds like... I guess it was like classic tweenage shoplifting. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like rich kid bullshit. They're just like, yeah, we're yeah. just gonna steal stuff for shits and giggles. Well, what he said about it was, it was foul and I loved it, so... <laughs> Uh, can we get t-shirts to say it was foul and I loved it? Yes, please. Put a duck That's on it, That's what I too. want for Christmas. Hey, <laughs> very good. Um, or, no, it's a goose, and then it says St. Augustine. Hey, that was I, li- I like it. Was... I think I think we could sell that. It's a very specific joke. We could probably sell one to our researcher cat, and that is it. <laughs> well, I don't think you should sell one to our research. It's our only should... market for this stuff. That's nonsense. We have at least three other people listening who'd probably buy yeah. one. Anyways. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. He loves. Um, he grew up loving sin and chicken. Yep. And when he was 17, he travelled to Carthage to study rhetoric. Mm. Here, he lived a life of hedonism, surrounded by companions who'd boast about their sexual exploits. <laughs> so Carthage was the. I don't know, the, the red light district of his was day. Was he getting into sexual exploits or was he just boasting? He's like, well, oh, I had so much uh, sex with women. They were like all the, all the sex I had at all with my um, penis. He he was like the original like Twitter 4chan incel. Mm-hmm. In confessions, he claimed that he used to lie about his own scandalous deeds in order to win kudos. Ah. So here is a quote. I faked depravity to avoid the disapproval of my peers. <laughs> a story I'm sure you know well, Matthew. No, you just do the depravity. It's fun. I mean, if you're going to fake, if you're going to lie, I mean, that's already a sin. So you might as well be truthful. Yeah, you telling. might as well. And then... <laughs> Yeah. Depravity and then... yeah, you get all the guilt with none of the fun. Yeah, right. If no wrongdoing take place that I could boast of to equal my peers in their abandon, I pretended to have done something wrong, though I really had not. I did not want to <laughs> my, my innocence to resemble weakness, nor did I want to be scorned because of my sexual inexperience. So there you go, he was like the original 4chan incel. Do you think he ever went too far? Those friends would be like, oh, I got so drunk last night and I met these ladies and uh, we had quite a good time. And he's like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. I 
I got uh, high and I murdered a cop. What? No, <laughs> what? It's too far. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Getting, um, getting really carried away. Yeah. During his time in Carthage, Augustine also became interested in philosophy and became a Manichaean. Hmm. Manichaeanism oh. was a dualistic religion that originated in Persia and developed into a form of Christianity in North Africa that is regarded as heretical. Wait, what? So, wait, so wait, it started out as what? In Persia? Yeah, as what? Oh, a dualistic religion. Oh, okay. Dualism. So like... Um, two gods? Or a combination no, of two religions? No, that would be polytheism. It's it's like Plato was a dualist. It's basically like there's a... It's this idea that there's like... I guess a physical realm and a spiritual realm mm -hmm. is probably the easiest way of saying it. So two, two okay. realms. And then they eventually just turned into Christianity. They just got absorbed by Christianity. Yeah, but kind of heretical Christianity. So oh, okay. because Christianity is all about three, not two, I guess that oh. would be the, the contention there. So they could, yeah, I, could I don't do know. Uh, yeah. Okay. But so anyway, it was, it was not, it was not Orthodox Christianity. It was, but it's some kind of proto alternative Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it's like he's like he's like I'm not really religious as much as I am kind of spiritual. Yeah, and that's what he'd tell all the ladies when he was that's serenading them with his guitar in his imaginary yeah. depravity that he was doing. Around the same time, he began a relationship with a woman in Carthage. This was mm -hmm. against his mother's wishes, as she wanted him to marry a person of his class and avoid sex outside marriage. So he finally lived out his boasts of being sexually active. He finally got some sin in there. Yeah. Was he just like, oh, this is what everybody was bragging about. I really should have gotten in on this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> this is much more fun than making stories up. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I see now. It's uh, <laughs> This is where the real fun is. But he ignored his mum and the relationship continued for more than 15 years and the couple had a son named Ooh. Adeodatus mm -mm. so out of wedlock scandalous from 373 to 374 augustine taught grammar at Thagaste. that's how i'm pronouncing it now and in the following year he moved to carthage where he taught rhetoric for nine years he believed that the best rhetoricians rhetoric yeah <laughs> best re rhetoric people practiced in rome and set up a new school there but he was met with apathy which is i think is fair enough it's like if you went to hollywood to set up like an acting school right everyone would be like oh, what are you who do you think you are yeah he's like the prettiest girl in his hometown he's gone to <laughs> Hollywood, and he's just like, oh my gosh, it's much more difficult <laughs> to be a star than I thought it would be. I thought yeah. I'd come in here and blow the doors off of everybody, and everybody in Rome was like, maybe this stuff plays in the sticks, but yeah. uh, around Rome, we've got uh, our own, I got your rhetoric right here. He didn't even know, you know, the rule of repetition, the rule of three, like, yeah. he was a total novice. Yeah, we've all seen it, guys who are comedians, and that, that would probably be more to our own experience, which is like mm. small town comedians are like, I'm going to the big town, and just like, good <laughs> luck with that. Yeah, yeah, it turns out it was customary for students to pay their fees on the last day of term, mm -hmm. so what they would do is go to classes and then not show up on the last day, huh. which is a great loophole, I think. Yeah, like sex work with teaching, you should get paid up front. That's how yeah. colleges work now. You That's what, what one of the many things that sex work and teaching 
having problem. Yeah. I've heard all the emotional labor that you have to do as well. Right. With college, you pay up front before you get fucked. And <laughs> with sex work. Right. But then, like, they went to all the classes, right? So he couldn't have mm-hmm. been that bad, right? Or else they would have just not gone. Well, like, and then, yeah, left... but it's like, I guess it's like, oh, well, this is fine, but not if I have to pay for it. Yeah. Do you know? This, see, this seems like it's from Augustinian's... August, uh, Augustinian? Augustine. Augustine, yeah. Augustine's point of view. So he's just like, you know, they really enjoyed my class. They were just stingy, mean city folk who stole. <laughs> Exploiting the country bumpkin and yeah. his small town ways. I mean, I guess he was a, a teacher of rhetoric, not business. So right. he didn't think it through that well. Or maybe it's like, you know what? I should have. This is exactly the rhetoric I was teaching them. So I should have seen this coming. <laughs> I guess so. I guess argue your way out of paying a fine is like the first yeah. lesson of rhetoric school. Yeah. I don't know. Clearly, I didn't go to rhetoric school. I'm not quite sure how rhetoric differs from philosophy. Well, it's like debating, isn't it? Yeah. Ra- I suppose you would argue that. Oh, I suppose you would argue. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Finished. Yeah, no. Um, One could say that philosophy is about trying to determine what's the truth whereas rhetoric is trying to win other people over to your point of view oh so he did not win people over to the point of view that he should get paid for his time <laughs> and services yes Okay. Yeah. So then in that way, he is a poor rhetoric teacher. He is a poor rhetoric teacher. You're right. So Augustine, <laughs> uh, he's a, fit, a bad teacher. And yes. he gives up. Does he give up on rhetoric then? Uh, <laughs> does he head back to a small town with his tails between his legs? Weirdly, between, I don't know why multiple tails. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't even mentioned his three tails. That's so weird that you uh, <laughs> yeah. intuited that. You get that vibe from him that he's got a bunch of tails. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I don't understand why I'm so off-putting. And he just never mentions the fact that he's got three tails. And everybody is really weird. <laughs> it out it's like i think it's they just didn't get me and it's like no everybody <laughs> just was freaked out and like completely put off is that is it has he got a tail oh my goodness anyway so what happens after he fails as a rhetoric teacher well during this time it's thought that this was when he began to reject manichaeanism mm-hmm. although he'd begun to question it back in carthage after meeting the manichaeanist bishop faustus of milave who he found oh. disappointing <laughs> It's like, I've been following this guy? Oh my god. Uh, He is, this is clearly an unhinged person. It looks so much better on paper, but now that I see him in the flesh, I think that I made a big mistake. Well, that's it. It's like you're reading the text in like the voice of like a cool, inspiring person. And then it's just like, it's like, oh, that's actually the ramblings of a lunatic. See, that's the thing. It's like, if if you heard the Sermon on the Mount, but it was like, guys, I'm telling you, the meek, they're going to inherit everything. (laughs) And it's going to be like, like, oh my god. It's like, oh no, that's not good. That's why it's all good that it's all written down. We don't worry yeah. about. Or even if he just had a high voice, he's like, guys, I want to tell you about the meek and how they're going to invert. You would say that with your meek ass voice. <laughs> Be like, sir, have you heard about the meek, sir? <laughs> One of you is going to betray me. Yeah, your voice already did, you bitch. <laughs> wow. So around this time, wait, not around this time, 10 years later. <laughs> oh no, okay. After teaching rhetoric, for nine years in 384 uh-huh. he was appointed professor of rhetoric in Milan so oh. clearly he was good enough at rhetoric to convince the people above him that he was good at rhetoric but not good enough to convince people to pay him wait so we just he did nine years of teaching rhetoric for nothing or yeah <laughs> but remember he was kind of an aristo sort of one of the one percent right so he yeah. could do yeah 
he could do whatever he liked, really, messing I guess around. So. No, that's annoying. I guess that's kind of how a lot of academia works now. Yes, that's like, very true. If you are kind of self-funded, you can afford to stick around with the yeah. low pay, and uh, and then eventually you get promoted to being academia, pro- the arts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, surely a bunch of other stuff. <laughs> you're the only one left because all the people, all the working class people, had to go and get real jobs. Real jobs. Uh, yeah. They for couldn't sure. afford to wait out the years of, of no pay and working mm. for. You're you're teaching rhetoric for experience <laughs> it's really good experience anyways so he becomes a professor of rhetoric in milan yeah in 384 and it was during his time in milan that augustine converted to christianity okay like many a failed artist turning to christianity <laughs> as a way to pay the bills praying mm-hmm. that someone will understand him yeah his mother followed him to milan and arranged for him to marry an 11 year old heiress Whoa. Yeah. Two big questions here. What Jesus would have wanted. (laughs) Number one, I think number two doesn't need to be spoken. But number one, uh, what happened to his first wife? Who had the kid with? That, well, his his mum objected to that woman because she wasn't in his class. And I think you, if you, you heard me correctly, you'll hear 11-year-old heiress. So it doesn't matter <laughs> if she was a child because she had a fortune. Uh, okay, well, I mean, I feel like 11-year-old counsels out heiress. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clearly why you're not, you haven't married rich. Hmm. Now, is this when later uh, Augustinian is talking about all the sins he feels bad about? Is mm-hmm. this like at the top of the list? <laughs> Marrying an 11 year old. <laughs> well, he agreed, but he was devastated to leave his lover and the mother of his son. Oh, and they I guess really his married. son. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just in a relationship. So he just married the 11 year old. Yeah. But he's really, okay. So it's just well, the marriage of political dynasties, right? Yeah, because it would be two years until his fiance would come of age. So what? Who? So they wouldn't consummate it until she was thirteen, with the proper age for consummating a marriage. Wait, is that you or is that what the actual thing says? No, that's what it says. No, I'm. I'm, Please, (laughs) it's very serious, actually. Wait, so uh, first off, I want to just commend the mother (laughs) on her negotiating skills. Like, I've got this thirty-five-year-old son who teaches rhetoric. You want to marry your eleven-year-old daughter to him? Well, you can't argue with class, right? I mean, yeah, it's just it's uh it's it's quite the sell. I think that she's not getting enough credit here for uh, what a fucked up arrangement she's made. So I just want (laughs) to shout out. To Monica. Mom. Monica, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So since it would be two years until his fiance would come of age, he took a concubine, which I don't... Why at that point would you not just keep sleeping with your girlfriend? I Yeah, it seems like, well... It's... <laughs> <laughs> As long as I'm paying for it, God will forgive yeah, me. Yeah, it's like, well, as long as I'm getting married, I might as well get a mistress. It's like, but wait, what were what, what we? <laughs> You're working class, therefore you don't count. Yeah, really. Basically just a servant. It's like, I do have some laundry I need done. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, did she move to Milan with him, right? With her kid? Like, is his yeah, kid still? Yeah, around. Yeah, his, his okay. kid is still a kid, I okay. think. She's to say a goat. <laughs> it was during this period that he famously prayed to God, grant me chastity and continence, but not yet, which is a pretty good prayer. It's just like, well, let me get a few more sessions in with the concubine, and then grant me <laughs> Then chastity. I'll be chased. Yeah, then definitely be chased. But I, I got a couple freaky things I want to try with this concubine. Oh my that... goodness. <laughs> he later broke off the engagement to the heiress, which... Oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if we can say for sure, but hopefully this didn't mean that he... Well, I guess he if it, if they never got married, then hopefully that means that they didn't... There was nothing to consummate, so... Right, yeah. I think that's, cool. uh, it's fair to say that he got out of being a... Um, a pedophile. Pedophile. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> trying to think of a nice way to put it, and pedophile is the nicest way to put it. <laughs> the most accurate. Yeah, so she had to, like, marry some other 40-year-old dude. Mm. Oh, well. well. She wasted the best years, best years of her life. not coming of age yet. Oh, uh, now she's just, like, old and menstruating and stuff. Oh, my Ugh. God. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, Anyways. age 13, you were considered on the shelf if you weren't married. Yeah, now she's just an old maid. Yeah. So Augustine's friend, the Bishop of Thagaste, Alypius, mm. asked Augustine not to marry, since if he did, the two men would not be able to live a life of love of wisdom together. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> God, Augustine, if you don't get married, we can be roommates forever. We can just live together and just we have can, a cool We can time. just love wisdom. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, it'll just be us talking wisdom, doing some just friends spooning. It'll be great. <laughs> so Augustine converted in 386 after hearing a reading of the life of Antony of the Desert, who oh. we have done an episode on before. Antony the Great. It's like our seventh, yeah. second episode or something. Was it? That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago, yeah. All I remember is he was dig. He had some lions help him dig a grave. Which- yeah. <laughs> well, you're making me want to listen back. Uh, also, fun- if you're listening and you haven't heard that one, you should listen back because it was before Matt's voice broke. So it's really interesting. <laughs> Okay. I said it was a long time ago. He claimed that his conversion was prompted by hearing a child's voice say, take up and read. I wonder if it was his fiance. Yeah, it was his fiance. Like, hey, you should join the priesthood. (laughs) Who is that? I'm I'm an angel. (laughs) Wow, the voice of a child. You don't want to get married. It's a bitch. You want to be with, hang out with your friend and do some spooning. (laughs) Obeying the voice, the only time he's ever listened to a woman he opened a book of St Paul's writings at random and read the passage from Romans 13 verse 13 and 14 which mm-hmm. says not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantonness not in strife and envying but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof so he wait, just no, he was like wait so wait say that again i'm sorry i think it's like put your money on jesus Maybe like to, but not put always bet on Jesus. Yeah, (laughs) put your eggs in Jesus's basket, not in the basket of writing and drunkenness. Right, put put your and forget about lust. Put your life in Jesus's hands, not your yeah. There we go. Down your pants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) I mean, you you know how it is when you're like, what should I do with my life, and you just flick to a random page of the Bible, and you're like, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) That's why sometimes I blow up a city. Oh, no, what's a better one? Uh, that's, that was that's pretty good. Yeah. Seduce your dad. Yeah, <laughs> good, good Bible knowledge. Yeah. In 387, he was baptised by Ambrose of Milan, who I think was mm-hmm. also a saint. In mm-hmm. the same year, Augustine returned to Africa with his son, Adeodatus. Mm-hmm. Monica, his mum, died in Italy while they were preparing to embark. And Adeodatus oh. died soon after at Augustine's oh. family home, which I don't know. Wait, <laughs> Sounds like it in, was a trap. 
Because they went back to Africa, yeah, in Algeria, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any information about the cause of death, I but just, it seems um, very convenient. The cause of death just said, it's the 5th century. It's like a shrug <laughs> emoji. Yes. It's like it could have been anything, so yeah, okay. Augustine sold his patrimony, which I think is like his insurance? Not insurance, inheritance. Inheritance? Uh, yeah. And donated the money to the poor, but he kept the family home, which he converted it converted into a monastic foundation. Okay. So, you know, he, he doesn't believe in inherited wealth, but he does a little bit. I mean, kind of. I mean, that's the ideal for wealth is that you just want, you know, I'm, I am I have a place to live. Mm-hmm. I have a roof over my head. You know, you have that security. Yeah, then, that's true. You know, that that's a big deal. And then I think, you know, excess wealth beyond that is really silly. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I, um, I, I, I applaud Augustine and his Marxist ways. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure anyone would agree that Augustine's a Marxist, but I mean Jesus was a communist, so yeah. I mean, uh, if he was a good Christian, he would be, but I'm not sure he was. Anyway, in in 391, Augustine was ordained a priest in Hippo Regius, which is present day Anaba in Algeria. Wait, it's the Hippo region of, of Algeria. <laughs> I guess so. That sounds great. Uh, oh, actually, that sounds very dangerous. Hippos are very dangerous. <laughs> but have you heard d- about d- Colombia? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've heard of the place. Okay, this is wait, a place called Colombia. Wait, Colombia the country or Colombia the university in the States? Both have a big hippo problem. No, <laughs> the nation of Colombia has a mm-hmm. huge hippo problem because Pablo Escobar, the famous drug lord, had his own private zoo that had two hippos right. in it. And after he was arrested, the hippo got loose and they just started breeding oh wow and so there's a ton of hippos oh in colombia and since they're an invasive species they have no predators but they're extremely dangerous because hippos are very dangerous wow so the organized crime problem was just replaced by a hippo problem that's an organized hippo problem or disorganized <laughs> hippo problem i guess the best thing about hippos is they don't eat meat they're vegetarians right so they seem to just kill for fun oh like augustine when he took that fruit off that tree that he wasn't yeah he wasn't so eating he's like, he just loves sin they just love sin hippos <laughs> Hippo's the most sinful animal. Well, I guess it all makes sense then, because Augustine, of course, is known as Augustine of Hippo. So yeah, there you go. It's, uh, it all it's come full it's circle. Just, yeah. Okay. Anyways, that was an aside about that is a fact I find endlessly fascinating is that Colombia has a massive hippo problem. It's actually quite <laughs> bad. It's bad for the environment and it's dangerous for people. But anyways, I find it. But, but also funny. <laughs> Apparently, kind of funny when you think about it. It's just hippos in, in Colombia. <laughs> like you know, it's like the. I don't know. In like 10 years, you'll read like the Colombian government collapse because hippos now run the country. (laughs) Nature taking back control. Yeah, it's like once that's kind of tragic and at the same time, it's undeniably hilarious. Anyways. Like all the best tragedies. He's a priest now. Yeah. And then four years later, he was made coadjutor bishop of Hippo, which I thought you'd mm-hmm. enjoy. But having having just gone on about how how much of a fan of hippos you are, I bet yeah. you would love to be the bishop of Hippo. The bishop of hippos. Yeah. <laughs> Rise, my hippos, go and do my holy bidding. <laughs> and later became a full bishop, a position he held until his death, thirty five oh. years later, in four thirty. Oh. So after that, he just 
lived in the in the convent doing theology basically so he just he just sat in his little monastery yeah doing his uh, ivory tower yeah i mean that's the thing right because augustine is one of the great thinkers of the early church right like his confessions and whatnot are a big cornerstone of teaching Mm -hmm. Uh, yes he is most widely known as a theologian and philosopher as opposed to a horn dog mm -hmm. and was one of the most prolific latin authors writing but he should also be kind of be known as a horn dog though don't you think (laughs) i mean here's a guy who had a girlfriend a fiance and a concubine at the same time at the same time that's true that guy's pretty uh, (laughs) i mean let's not mention that the fiance was 11 but it's still pretty cool Mm. (laughs) when you think about it's just the fiance he's not married to her sleeping with her it looks cool on paper it's like he manifested his like naughty lifestyle after boasting about it so long and then it just it just happened. Yeah. So he's one of the most prolific Latin authors, writing over a hundred separate works, including writing against heresy. He also wrote biblical commentary, right. texts mm-hmm. on Christian doctrine, mm-hmm. sermons, and letters. Cookbooks, uh, travel <laughs> guides. When in the hippo region, avoid the hippos. <laughs> he had a, he had a uh, pretty great uh, sex guide. He's like, who's that? Please, the ladies. If anything, the opposite. So for Augustine, the evil of sexual immorality was not in the sexual act itself, but in the emotions that typically accompany it. Hey, he liked to fuck with no connections, man. Yeah, and that's what God wants, apparently. He was, yeah, he was like a real fuckboy. He's like, I'm not trying to catch any feelings here. I'm just trying to yeah. get wet. Ugh. That's, an, that's a direct quote from Augustine. Augustine. <laughs> page three of the Confessions. Yeah, look it up. It's in Latin, so you probably didn't get it. <laughs> so, on Christian doctrine, Augustine contrasts love, which is enjoyment on account of God, and lust, mm. which is not on account of God. Mm. So, basically if you if you see someone who fills you with lust and you go oh god then it's okay then it's okay so if you say yeah. that's why you say oh god during sex he's the guy who started that <laughs> for many reasons he's like look you can do as much fucking as you want but you gotta bring god into it so just keep saying oh god <laughs> oh god <laughs> so augustine claims that following the fall sexual lust has become necessary for compu- copulation as it is required to stimulate the male erection mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that <laughs> hey, we, I, we all wish it was different, don't we? But that's just the way it is. <laughs> and then it's the only way to have sex is for there to be a male erection involved. I mean, but um, like, isn't this like entrapment on God's part? He's like, you got to have the lust. It's like, well, whose fault is this? Yeah. <laughs> Adam and Eve's. So sexual lust is an evil result of the fall and therefore evil must inevitably accompany sexual intercourse. <laughs> Right, right. Which, <laughs> Only if you're doing it right. Am I right? Huh? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, nobody's here to high five. Uh, you call it making love. I call it making evil. Yeah. Yeah, this is deeply problematic because if you're going to say that all sex is evil, then that sort of muddies the idea of consent and, uh, you know, doing sex ethically. Well, it also, like, makes you feel bad about every physical urge that you yes. have, uh, even though it's all totally natural and, like, part of, like, human reproduction and, like, emotion and whatnot. So even if it is consensual and it is pleasurable, God forbid, uh, yeah. that's bad in August. Yeah, since. and you should feel bad about it. Yeah. You should feel bad about it. So, um, um, yeah. I mean, the way that I heard this explained before is, like, everybody has original sin because your parents had to have sex to have you. And that's yeah. a sin. So therefore <laughs> you were made of out of sin. Yeah, yeah, you're just made out of sin. Uh, so like, which is a weird way to get around. I don't know how you get around to that logic. <laughs> unless you have such a fucked up view of sex. 
Well, like... I mean, it's weird because he never had sex within marriage. So how does he oh, even have to even say this? It's just judgy. Right. So Should, yeah, marry a couple twelve-year-olds and let's see and figure it out, buddy. <laughs> then we'll listen to you. Then see what yeah. Then I'll listen to what you say about marriage during sex or sex during marriage or whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever is going on. <laughs> if he ever just stops sex in the middle to go and get married. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how it That's what it sounded like. So following the fall, even marital sex carried out merely to procreate inevitably perpetuates evil. As he was saying. And for Augustine, proper love exercises a denial of selfish pleasure and the subjugation Mm. of corporeal desire to God. The only Mm. way to avoid the evil caused by sex is to not have sex. Okay. However... (laughs) I I sense a loophole coming. (laughs) It has to be, otherwise you can't uh, disseminate the the religion, right? If If you don't mandate sex within it somehow. If you're two bishops who are roommates... And you talk about wisdom, it doesn't count as sex. Yeah, that's right here in the treaties. No, so sex within marriage is not a sin, although it necessarily produces the evil of sexual lust. Mm. So as long as you're not enjoying it, it's okay. Okay. By the sounds of it. So, so as long as it's really bad, it's fine. Yeah. Maybe it's the thing is he was really bad at sex. And uh, <laughs> he's just like, it's only godly if it's really bad. So yeah. actually I was doing the best sex. I mean, that, that fits way. with his whole like incel identity, right? Yeah. Just projecting at large. Yeah. It's like making you have an orgasm would be incredibly sinful, right? <laughs> God prevents me from doing that. Yeah, foreplay is probably the most sinful thing we could do, really, yeah. when you think about it. So when you uh, said get it wet, actually, uh, I mean, why am I dwelling on that? That's gross. Yeah, <laughs> so before the fall, Augustine believed that sex was a passionless affair. So in the summer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, before when when Adam and Eve first did it, mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have fun, is yeah, what he's saying. Yeah, it was basically like shaking hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he described it as, just like many a laborious work accomplished by the compliant operation of our other limbs without any lascivious heat. So yeah, just like shaking hands. Boy, can that be in your wedding vows? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would like to continue the section that is the laborious work that is often produced... <laughs> By the accomplishment of compliant operation of yeah. our other limbs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like how a robot explains sex. <laughs> yeah. It is laborious work <laughs> that I am compliant in doing. That is what that is what sex robots will eventually be like. It's laborious work. I have to be compliant. <laughs> so he explained that the seed might be sown without shameful lust if the genital members simply obey the inclination of the will. <laughs> huh. So he's like, here's the thing is you just you get a boner. Yeah. By not just thinking about from the logic. Late. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> a logic <laughs> by thinking boner. about God. About yeah. God. Yeah, you get a boner for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's a big manly man with uh, yeah. ripped abs and, and big pecs and like a big full beard and all of a sudden, whoa, I have a boner. <laughs> Go use this on a lady. Yeah. Uh, and and that's totally cool. And only be thinking about God. That's a yeah, good point. Only be thinking about God. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's. I feel like, yeah, he had a lot of issues that he wasn't dealing with. <laughs> it's the same as Freud. It's like, if you have weird sexual issues, don't write a book about sex. Because you're just going to dig yourself a bigger hole. It's like, this is everybody, right? This is everybody, yeah. right? Everybody? That's huh? what, the Oedipus complex like came from Freud fancying his own mom. And he's just like, yeah, everyone does this. Do you, do you think he had any editors, Augustine, <laughs> who were just like, um, Augie, uh, I read your manuscript 
And I think that what is happening here is mostly your thing. <laughs> I was like, maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I was asking around the office and people were like, no, generally it's a pretty fun experience for everybody. <laughs> we, you know, and it's like, yeah, but that's because uh, you're a sinner. Yeah. You don't well, know I'm, what you're talking about. I, I don't okay. need to listen to you. I only listen to God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what you're saying. So, okay. So, okay. So great positive attitude towards sex. Yeah. He is. Um, he's the opposite of sex positive. He's just sex negative. Right. It's like, should you have sex? Negative. No, no. You should not have sex. Unless you can do it without, without experiencing enjoying it. lust or pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, so um, knock yourself out. I mean, in some ways... I mean, if, if a way, if you knock yourself out, then you can't have lustful thoughts. But then right, the other... Yeah. But no, that doesn't work. If I think ideally, the woman should have sex with the man while he's asleep. Oh, God. And then that way... <laughs> and then that way he's not experiencing the pleasure of it, right? I, yeah, I would say that that uh, would produce a load of other issues, though. Yeah. Also, think about how much lust would you have to have in order to make it work you know to be lustful for no i don't know that's not i don't know sometimes <laughs> well, sometimes gentlemen get erections in their sleep so you just kind of wait up all night in case that happens as a as a dutiful wife and then i don't know yeah i don't know what's going on <laughs> i got no i got no i got no out for this i got no i got no figure out i can't figure out a way around this like it's just all yeah. bad yeah it's just i mean i think the face i'm pulling is I, I should describe it and vocalize, but I, um, because it's not working really on podcast. But uh, it's a facial expression that goes like, Nee. Yeah. <laughs> that kind Ho- of hopefully, my silence said enough. <laughs> it's fine, 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 fine. Yeah, that's the thing he's probably most famous for is projecting <laughs> his messed up attitudes to sex onto um, everyone, generations. making it everyone's yeah. problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his hang ups about sex became a religion. Yeah. For still. It's still. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So he influenced Thomas Aquinas, who uh. kind of formalized more Catholic thinking. So uh, th- this really took off amongst the church. Like people yeah. were like, this guy is speaking what we're all thinking what we're all sex thinking. is terrible yeah and and nobody should have it yeah it's weird isn't it what hmm. yeah i don't i don't i don't really get it i'm not gonna like i it, don't understand the how amazing that thing on. is that like there's so much like stuff with christianity especially like the early church and these incredibly zealous like as, as we talk about saints mm-hmm. and the things they do and the examples they make and you're like why did this religion grow at all <laughs> like how yeah. did you do that because there was like the romans right and their polytheistic mm-hmm. like hedonistic lifestyle which on seems the surface pretty fun it, seems pretty great mm-hmm. and then here you are with these guys like nah fucking whip yourself and <laughs> yeah wear and hair shirts ne- wear hair shirts and never get a boner you know it's just like it feels like that'd be a tougher sell and yet somehow well you know you doubted augustine's rhetoric but i guess he showed you didn't he in the end yeah when he was bailing in rome he's like i'm gonna show them i'm gonna make everybody believe the craziest shit ever (laughs) that was it he was just like i have to prove that i'm good at rhetoric i'm gonna see if this catches on and then somehow it did and that and that's that's where messed up Catholic beliefs come from. It's just yeah. this this bet he probably had with one of his students or something. Yeah, he's like, oh no, I was that was ironic. It was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be satire. To, I mean, or... to be fair, like we read all this stuff in translation, so the idea of like you know any underlying irony or sarcasm could potentially get lost. Right. So have been like the funniest guy of the fifth century, and then well, now... I mean, g- grant me abstinence but not yet pretty yeah, exactly uh, i think you know case pretty on every man thing. yeah <laughs> we should write a letter to the vatican <laughs> signed 
the Saint Misbehaven podcast. You know the uh, Machiavelli's The Prince, which is like yeah. the Bible for sociopaths? <laughs> so the Bible. It's kind of the, the how-to manual for being a sociopath, which is apparently, but apparently yeah. it was a it was like a satirical piece. Oh, he, okay. He never so meant to be taken people seriously. who were Machiavellian aren't actually being Machiavellian because they're no, taking they're, themselves too seriously. Yeah, it's like, mm. you fucked up. This is the problem with satires. You just can't do it because people are real dumb and uh, <laughs> they're never going to get it. <laughs> it's like when I used to do my I Own a Fortune character. So I, I did a gig once in, in North Oxford and uh, one of my friends overheard someone in the audience going well she tells it like it is which is just like no that's the opposite of what i was going for that's the problem yeah because you did that once for our mp uh, yeah our labor mp and she thought it was hilarious yeah and then you do it it. for for conservatives and they do it they think it's hilarious too but completely non-ironically which is yeah yeah that's very upsetting so Mm, but i'm bridging the gap you know just appealing to everyone you're all things to all people so Mm -hmm. just like augustine maybe yeah Uh, (laughs) all people except for women yeah and anybody who enjoyed sex which again like you know perfect precursor to jordan peterson i'd say Mm -hmm. it does it is that thing or you know he was the one who was just like when WAP came out. He's like, women's vaginas don't get wet. That's no, that was Ben con- Shapiro. I ben think. Shapiro. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you're really telling on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love when like right wing incel types are just like, we all know women don't enjoy sex. Yeah. Like, Do we? <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> like bro you're doing it wrong i'm sorry like (laughs) that's a technique issue on your part not a failing of an entire sex (laughs) stop shouting it to the national and international press (laughs) anyways sorry so so shortly before augustine's death a germanic tribe called the vandals invaded roman africa and besieged so much graffiti Well, yes. So they besieged Hippo, which, again, great phrasing, I yeah. think. That's how the Colombian government are going to take back control one Never day. Never surround a hippo. They're very <laughs> dangerous when they're surrounded. Yeah, but if you've got the numbers, it's okay. No, it's not. They're very dangerous. And they're faster okay. than you think. <laughs> what if you had tanks? Would that work? Mm, how many tanks? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, don't kill hippos. That's not the way Unless to you're Colombian. deal with that. <laughs> Unless it's self-defense. Then you have carte blanche. (laughs) Surely it would be Carta Bianca. I don't don't know Spanish. In his final days, Augustine is said to have excommunicated himself in solidarity with sinners. He died on the 28th of August and soon afterwards... Wait, what happened with the vandals? I'm sorry, we skipped over the vandals. <laughs> no, we didn't. We're getting to it. It's just oh, a bit okay. of bit of context. Wait, so, okay, so he, he excommunicated himself in solidarity with sinners. Yeah, so I guess he was like, I'm officially not a priest anymore. I'm just a regular guy. Just a regular sinner, just like you guys. Yeah, sort of the opposite of a deathbed conversion, I guess. I guess, yeah. Very um, weird. I respect his move towards solidarity as a fellow <laughs> Marxist. He's like, I am of the working class. Yeah. I too, I will not be part of this uh, bourgeois priestly class. Yeah. I'm a working man. (laughs) After enjoying all the benefits my whole life, I renounce that. Just like you, I also don't enjoy sticking my erect penis in an incredibly dry vagina as all of them are. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Um, Yeah, sorry. Soon after his death, the vandals burned his city, destroying everything apart from Augustine's cathedral and library. Oh. Which is lucky because otherwise we wouldn't know about any of his stuff. Oh, okay. And then, yeah, you know, gee, what a, well, life would have well, been so much a, better for so many women. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, the, oh, the vandals came and he's just like, uh, I'm not in charge anymore. Uh, you guys are in charge. I've got to go. <laughs> 
Maybe that was it. Is it solidarity or cowardice? <laughs> I'm excommunicating myself to the next town over. So um... <laughs> I I don't live here. I I don't have anything that you want. He runs into the vandals on the road. Oh, you're looking for that church? It's right up there. <laughs> Easy mark. So okay, so the town burns down except for his very important writings. Yes. I like to think that there was another library of a very sex positive theologian that that got burnt yeah that got burned and it's just like well it's a real sliding doors moment we're like <laughs> could have had a much how how much more feminist the catholics could have been who knows yeah or just fucking human right <laughs> yeah with with emphasis on the fucking yeah and humans only fuck humans <laughs> adult <laughs> not hippos humans. i'm so only confused adult humans <laughs> yes anyways good. do not try to fuck a hippo that is the quickest way to get <laughs> fucked up by a hippo <laughs> is to try to uh anyways that is the official position of this podcast did i ever tell you i once saw the world's oldest hippo it lives in florida anyway oh, I, d- I mean i didn't know where that sentence was gonna go but i'm glad <laughs> it went that way and not another way i just didn't think anyways so yeah that was that was his life mm. <laughs> you sound if... unimpressed yeah, yeah, i don't know like i wait so he he excommunicated himself his stuff was burned down and then he just later died of natural causes no he died before his stuff was burned well, he, he was dying his... he was oh, what like 80 nearly 76 oh wow I think. okay okay so he was 76 so, yeah natural causes okay he died of natural causes yeah and i guess went to hell because he was excommunicated <laughs> rough, rough end for also Odyssey. he enjoyed <laughs> sex or maybe he didn't i don't know but i mean i feel like he wouldn't have done it so much if he didn't enjoy it with the concubine and and his girlfriend i mean he may not have, i mean i think everybody thought he was bad as maybe he was mm. I don't know. uh what are his miracles so during the siege of hippo during which he died uh so i guess it began like roughly coinciding with him you know approaching death and then so he wasn't killed by the siege but during the siege yeah just coincidentally all right so during this siege a man asked augustine to lay his hands on a relative who was unwell confined to his sickbed augustine (laughs) replied that if he had any power to cure the sick he would use it on himself (laughs) yeah i mean that's a real like hey i'm in my fucking deathbed here man What the fuck you think I'm going to do? All right? You think if I could cure people, I wouldn't start at the source? <laughs> think before you talk. <laughs> Which, to be fair, we've said this before about saints. It's like, if they could, why are they not curing themselves? So at least he was logical about it. Yeah. However, the man explained that he'd been told in a dream to seek out Augustine. And hearing this, Augustine laid his hands on the sick man and, and was healed. So <laughs> I was like, well, I guess if a dream told you, then uh, oh, uh, it made him believe himself in himself, who, I guess. Who, who sent you? What? A dream? Oh, shit. You didn't say start. Yeah. Hey, lead with that. Open with All that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think that he uh, the guy was like pushing the sick person on Augustine. And he's like, no, get away from me. And he so accidentally touched. Touches him and, and cures him. <laughs> I'm cured. It's like, oh, did you steal a healing touch? If that was my one healing touch and I'm going <laughs> to die and this asshole's going to live, I'm going to be very upset. To be fair, this other guy could have been a lot younger. So he yeah. had more to live for. Possibly. It's like maybe um, he could have healed himself, but he wasn't touching himself. He's like, I won't touch uh, myself. Because he anyway. does not like touching himself. <laughs> no, he won't touch myself. Even You could just touch yourself like on your shoulders. It'd be fine. No. Lust. <laughs> that, that feels lustful and, and dirty and sinful. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to excommunicate 
amputate my hands from my, from my arm. <laughs> from my own body. That way I'll be totally safe. Have you seen this? There was a headline going around recently that was like, science says people underestimate the weight of their own hands. And I, I was like, surely the person that like wrote this headline was high. Like yeah, that's definitely the kind of thought you get when you're like stoned and you're like, oh my God, hands are heavy. <laughs> Why would you need to know the weight of your own hand? I don't know, maybe like designing gloves or, you know... Gloves? Yeah, maybe you have to take into account the mass of your hands to to get the right... (laughs) fabric i don't know i don't i'm not a scientist you know load-bearing gloves to support your hands <laughs> yeah you know those mittens that are tied together with string <laughs> yeah right and they, they're like they're, ho- they're holding up your hands that's why people are always losing mittens it's because they don't understand having <laughs> uh, the tensile strength of those uh, the string they holds just, the mittens yeah and all of a sudden you're losing a mitten people lose billions of dollars in mittens every year <laughs> how did we get onto this um, i don't know you made it, up it was headline. augustine refusing to touch himself yeah and Anyways, so okay, so Augustine, Augustine, he he here he cures this guy, yeah, great, and then just dies. Oh, and then he fucking dies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. so that was There's his only his, miracle. He drains all his life energy out for this yeah. one guy. What? <laughs> that's his only miracle. Yeah, but okay. he he made a lot of fuss, so I guess that's why he was a a saint. And did a monastery and stuff. I don't know, man. I guess the library and the cathedral. I mean, a library especially. If you got a group of people burning a city, you'd expect that the the, the building full of books is going to be one of the first to go. So yeah. that's kind of miraculous. And if you're like burning a city, you're like, ugh. So many, like most of these buildings are made of stone. They hardly burn <laughs> at all. Why can't they just be like one building full of paper? You know, just like little stacks of paper that we can easily pile up. You know, that'd be amazing. (laughs) I'm a dumb vandal. I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) It's it's very stereotypical of vandals. But yes, I think you're probably right. So yeah, that that was his one miracle. (laughs) What about his relics? So, got quite a few because he's a big deal saint. So, Bede wrote that Augustine's body was translated to Cagliari in Sardinia when the Catholic bishops in North Africa were expelled by Hunneric, the king of the North African Vandal Kingdom in 477 to 484. So, the Vandals yeah. took over the region. So, I guess, yeah, the, the siege the siege was happening for, for quite a long time after Augustine right. died. So, yeah, so they were moved to Sardinia. Then mm. in 1327, Pope John XXII, <laughs> there's a lot of Johns. Yeah, they got through a lot of Johns pretty quick. Appointed the Augustinians as guardi- guardians of Augustine's tomb, uh, which, you know, that makes sense. Right, that checks out. Seems like that's your, like, <laughs> yeah, that's your one job yeah, in the title. Rather than the, the Aquinians, that would just confuse yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, then in 1695, workmen in the Church of San Pietro in Ciel d'Oro, uh-huh. which was the place in Pavia, found a marble box containing human bones, which led to a dispute between the Augustinian hermits and regular canons about whether they were the bones of Augustine, as the hermits didn't believe that they oh. were. Pope Benedict XIII. <laughs> These are probably just unrelated bones. <laughs> yeah, just, just some other bones. <laughs> uh, those bones, those are definitely St. Augustine. It's like, no, I, these seem pretty fresh here. No, they're definitely Augustine. <laughs> no, no, no. This is definitely Augustine. <laughs> these bones are wearing Steve's ring. Steve's been missing for months. I don't know. I'm pretty sure those Augustine's bones. <laughs> yeah, if you're ever in a tight spot and you need to <laughs> hide a body, claim it's St. Relics. Yeah, they're just relics. So Pope Benedict XIII ordered the Bishop of Pavia to make a judgment, and he decided that 
the bones were indeed Augustine's. Okay. Then, five years later, in 1700, the Augustinians were expelled from Pavia and took the relics of Augustine to Milan. Okay. Wait, why were they why were they expelled? They just, they just uh, wouldn't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole bone fight just kept dragging on. Take our bones and go home. I can't, I can't find why. Let's just assume that it's because of the bone fight, okay. the bone dispute, because... Yeah, they were like, no, they're not not the real bones. Okay. So, you know, that's an expellable offence. Sure. They took the relics, that, well, I guess what they claimed were the relics of Augustine with them to Milan. Or what were decided um, as the relics, right? Because they thought they were... Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So they took this box of bones <laughs> to Milan. Yeah. <laughs> and they were eventually returned to San Pietro in 1896. Okay. But in 1842, part of Augustine's right arm was taken to Annaba, which was in Algeria, where he was originally from. Right. It's what he would have wanted. <laughs> well, yeah, that that's the site of the St. Augustine Basilica. Right. So there's a, a life-size statue of Augustine with a glass tube in the arm. And in that, arm, in that glass tube is an actual bone. <laughs> That's that's so you know they, what, they I did like one of those recreations. Points for creative display there. I I, 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 I dig that. Like it's just it's a totally normal statue except for this glass bit where you can see the bow, right? That's kind of great. Pretty, I would say that's kind of modern art, yeah. modern arty, really. Like the the cow in formaldehyde. Yeah. It's similar vibe. I also love the idea. Like it's a life size. It's like he's four, he was only four feet tall. Very short man. <laughs> A lot of people know that. Yeah. So, yeah, that was his, his life and his afterlife. Mm. Can you guess his patronages based on that? Is he the patron saint of honorable men? <laughs> is that the original name for incels? Uh, yeah. No, he's not. He is the patron of theologians and philosophers. Okay. So, so depending on whether those are honorable. Yeah. But no, not, not the Roman 1%. Is he the patron saint of loving sin? You just can't get <laughs> enough of that sin. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Give me that sin. Oh. Good so sin. Yum, 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 Injected sin. into my veins. Yeah, but he was—he only loved sin before he was Christian. I think he never so stopped really loving sin. That wouldn't make sense. If you stop loving sin, then it's <laughs> That's not, where all his problems came it's from. It's not. Uh, is it sinful? Is, yeah. yeah, it's not a big a deal point. to give it up, right? And then, is it really that holy <laughs> to give it up if you don't actually love it, right? Yeah. Mm, Unlike true. sex, which was completely unpleasant. <laughs> See the patron saint of unpleasant. Not a sex. sacrifice at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's the patron saint of Catholics. No, he's not. Um, um, is he the so... patron saint of long distance relationships? He was in a relationship <laughs> with that lady in Carthage, and then he's just like, you know what? I got to give this up. Back to Carthage. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there would be a Catholic patron saint of long distance relationships because I imagine that Catholicism disapproves of phone sex right. because it generally involves masturbation. But like you know, so you got a you got a guy on a crusade or something. You know, separated lovers mm. or separated spouses and things like that. There's got to be some patron for that, I suppose. But then the way you'd keep the relationship alive is just by praying, right? It's like there's yeah. there's nothing you can do. And erotic letters. Oh, she sent no. me an etching of her breasts <laughs> <laughs> nah it's very much not catholic no how about failed small businesses <laughs> hey i think he got the last laugh on the rhetoricians really he really did i mean who remembers any of those rhetoricians exactly nobody i guess i don't know any maybe some of them are famous i i yeah. know i know of one rhetorician which is cicero it's oh, a okay. famous one that's that's pretty much it yeah, um, did he turn a billion people against sex? <laughs> the greatest feat of any rhetorician ever. Yeah. Did you take the most natural thing in the world and just make it just make you feel bad about it forever? <laughs> 
That um, is a a sign of a good rhetorician. Yeah. Nope, he is not. Uh, no. I guess it, the it comes under philosophers, probably. Right. So he's a patron uh, of philosophers. Okay, but not failed philosophers. No. Just regular philosophers. Just regular okay. ones. Is he the patron saint of child brides or child fiancés? Oh my god. Just child fiancés, <laughs> not once, you know. Okay, I, d- I don't want to say that Catholicism doesn't have a patron of those because I wouldn't put money on that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not a celebrated part of his past. Let's put it that way. All right. It's something we all want to kind of forget. Yeah, exactly. We just remember that he was a cool guy with a fiance, a, a mistress, and a and concubine. He's the patron saint of hippos. <laughs> He's presumably the patron of hippo. Right. But that's not the same. <laughs> but not the animal, the hippos. No. Um, with the hippos, who will be out there looking out for hippos? <laughs> Maybe we should campaign for him to be the patron saint of hippos as well as hippo. Yeah, as long as he's there. Fireproof libraries? <laughs> <laughs> Unburnable books. Yeah, wow, handy. <laughs> he is apparently the patron of sore eyes, or against sore eyes, probably. Against sore eyes. Which, I guess you would, if you were in a library that was burning, your eyes would be pretty sore from all the smoke and the ash and dust and stuff, so... Right, but in a fireproof library, that's not an issue. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Is he the patron saint of sights for sore eyes? Or just the, <laughs> what about his whole life suggests he would be a sight for sore eyes? No, I can't imagine anybody was super happy to see him. <laughs> Especially that girlfriend that he had, and he was just like, you know, I'm going to get a concubine too. And just like, the fuck? Yeah. Anyways, what are his, what are all the rest of his patronages? So I've kind of gone through them when trying to make my tenuous links, but I'll go through them again. So he's a patron of printers, theologians, philosophers, sore eyes, brewers for some reason. Hmm. Um, Wait, which... you gotta you gotta drink the lustful thoughts away somehow. You yeah, know, you gotta you gotta take those how... thoughts down. I mean, famously, that's how that's one way to put out the fire, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, it makes sense. It's he's he's part of the <laughs> the brewing abstinence industrial complex. Look, you can be sober or you can be horny. But you can't. <laughs> those be. are the um... only. T- those are the two genders: sober and yeah, horny. Um... Look, if you don't want people, if you don't want people horny, you got to make them drunk. That's yeah. the only way to do it. You can't, you know, so sacrifices had to That's be made. That's Catholic logic. Actually, to yeah. be fair, yeah, like that is a stereotype about Catholics that they enjoy drinking. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it all connects up. Helps uh, tamp down the thoughts. Yeah, there you go. So um, brewers and then a bunch of places, including yeah. Bridgeport, Connecticut. Don't know uh, why. Okay, seems like a place where people don't enjoy sex. So, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. San Augustin mu- Municipality in the Philippines. Okay. The um, one in Florida, too? <laughs> probably. Yeah. It's not on this list. Because that's a town people enjoy fucking. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Some other places in the Philippines as well. And, yeah, so, sorry. Um, yeah, the bunch of places was, in fact, Connecticut and the Philippines. Oh, a bunch of places in the Philippines. Yeah. Right. Not even Hippo? I don't know if it exists anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that'd be point. Good point. Um, so, oh. yeah. Mm. I see. So printers, mm-hmm. I mean, he did, I mean, certainly made a lot of business for printers because yeah. he, he made like a hundred books, right? He, and... Yes, that's a good point. And also, I guess he saved the library. So maybe oh, yeah. printers would be thankful for him, you know, not letting all their work go to waste. 
Though I think that like if the library burns down, it's like a lot of work for printers. Oh, that's true. That's very true. And then yeah, I can see theologians and philosophers. That's going to be his big bread and butter. The the brewery thing doesn't make a ton of sense. Well, a, we just explained how it makes it all the sense. The, yeah, it makes a bit of sense in that way. Hmm. I don't know. I thought he'd have more patronages, frankly. Yeah, because he's a big he's a big deal. Um, but you know, he doesn't have a lot of those miracles, and I think yeah, that, like, that's true. Maybe there's a correlation. They're like, you know, well, you can't be in charge of too many things because you don't have the magic juice. Uh, but uh, And we know his juice was not magic. That is one no, thing we can categorically no, say. No. Well, anyways. Anna, do you think that you'd ever call on uh, St. Augustine to intercede for you? I think if I were having the kind of issues that Augustine had, I would sooner ask my therapist to intercede for me. Like, if you're, you're like, I really feel negative about sex these days. Yeah. Like, let's talk through that instead yeah. of being like, you know what? I'm going to write a book about how much sex fucking sucks mm. <laughs> yeah i think that's a better way to go although well as i said earlier i'm just kind of baffled by how he has so much influence so i i would say that i'm not sure i see the hype yeah but like if you needed to like become like influential despite your terrible opinions <laughs> like he'd be a good guy to go to yeah yeah with help for that i think that if i ever had to like lie about my sins to look cool to my friends when, when you say if you ever had to come on matthew <laughs> yeah i mean like, I don't know. For uh, all the times were... that you've had to make yourself appear more badass. That's, that's true. I'm pretty much the most sinful person in the group of people that I know. So uh, I don't really have to lie At about At least it. according to your stories. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as far as you know. <laughs> or, you know, I think that if I ever had to, like, juggle a fiancé and a concubine and a girlfriend, like, again. But like, you, have a, good... you have a wife, which is, like, all three of those rolled into one. <laughs> Yes. Don't tell Alice that's what I called her. Gonna be like, what Hannah said about you? (laughs) She basically called you a whore. (laughs) Anyways, well, Anna, thank you for telling me the story of this sin loving but sex hating saint. Uh, (laughs) And his messed up. I don't know if we really got any insight into his His psyche. His psyche, yeah. Because, like, why. Why did he feel so bad about sex? I don't know. It just seems like seems like maybe I think he associated uh, it with a with his pre Christian life, you know. So he right. so it it reminded him of a person of when he was a person he no longer liked, I guess. Maybe. But hopefully this has wet your appetite so that you'll want to read and understand more about his motivation. Mm, maybe that's no, what I was I don't going think for. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think my time might be better spent uh not reading Augustine's confession. Yeah. Yeah, just, I don't know. Fundraising for endangered hippos somewhere not yeah, in Colombia. Yeah, not in Colombia. Yeah, maybe we should start a fund for like there there must there must be like some kind of conservation scheme that's trying to trying to deal with the hippos in a more I sustainable think hippos way. are so large and violent that they're kind of impossible to move but can't Especially you just have a like, large number of them you know do a inject them with a dart full of sedative and then collect them. <laughs> collect them like well, that's how people people you know you can you can move you must be able to move hippos i think they're not trying hard enough that's what i'm saying i think that i think that in the in the nation of colombia wait yeah there's enough narcotics mm-hmm. in colombia that's not the right kind of narcotics in colombia oh, okay. i i don't know much about drugs <laughs> yeah i think that you know there's a lot of issues in colombia one of which is the hippos <laughs> And Another of which, be, <laughs> and other, you know, it may not be a thing that uh, is really high priority. There's a ton of well, it's not a high priority for you, but if you live next to them, well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. But I think also they maybe live in more remote areas. So oh, okay. 
the classic thing where they're away from the centers of power. So <laughs> out um, of sight, out of mind. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, but you know, I, don't know, I think that it's very nice that we may not have learned that much about Augustine of Hippo, but we have all learned more about hippos. Yeah. So Google Columbia Pablo Escobar hippos. <laughs> <laughs> safe search on i don't know oh like, my gosh or not if you really want to wind up augustine yeah, or you're just yeah uh, check it out it's it's a fascinating story if you don't know about it but um very off topic for this but yes. anna thank you for bringing me uh this story of saint augustine he's a guy that i knew a little about and i'm interested i was very interested to learn more about so thank you well uh, you're welcome and have a blessed day thanks bye, bye. bye.